He's like a ninja. So, Dylan, you remember that podcast like three months ago about Dragon Age that we were supposed to do? Why, yes, now that you mention it, I do. Well, um, you know, strangely enough, Mike's here with us. And uh, <laughs> I've already finished uh, Final Fantasy Thirteen in the intervening months. And, uh, you know, I think Mike's played some Dragon Age 2 and... Um, Mass Effect, Mass two. Effect two, and uh, Jade Empire. Jade, gone back to play Jade Empire. Hey, I started Mass Effect one. So uh, and Nathan's not here, and he hasn't finished Dragon Age anyway. So. Yeah, he's he's like at the end and hasn't finished. I think he's in like chapter. So we should probably caution Nathan. He's actually listening to this. We've all finished Dragon Age. So there's no bars on this. He's gonna be super pissed that we recorded this without him. You know, he's had his chance. I, I'm just gonna say it. And we offered to let him in tonight. Yeah, so I think. I want to say this is older than... Tr- no, no maybe, it's, maybe it's not. Maybe you, you suggested we do a Bioware podcast. Yeah, I yeah, was not out. Yeah, January was it, the, uh, right around the time that Mass Effect 2 was getting ready to come out. Because yep. I just finished Dragon Age, Mass Effect 2 is about to come out. And I was thinking, yeah, we should talk about you know Dragon Age and Mass Effect and the Old Republic and do a Bioware roundup. But since then, uh, I've finished Final Fantasy, so we're doing an RPG roundup. What do you want to hit with? You want to hit with Dragon Age or Let, Final yeah, Fantasy? Yeah, let's let's uh, go ahead and start out with uh, with Dragon Age. Okay, because I'll give you my Final Fantasy summation, but I'll say I'll that. just yeah. turn out. No, don't worry, it won't take long. I yeah, I, I didn't think it would. Um. So, all right, well, yeah, we've all finished Dragon Age. I think it's been holding the record with three complete playthroughs. Yeah, oh, yeah, I played through it once. I played through it once. I've played all the origins. Played or seen all the origin stories. I think I've still got one more origin story to play. And I'm about the halfway through my second playthrough so I can get some more achievements. Yeah, I, I mean, I've, I've started several different classes, but I've only completed the game once. Yeah. I started a second playthrough and I got hung up somewhere. Probably so, the Fade. Probably the... I don't remember. Or Orzammar. Or probably one of those two. You know, Orzammar... Yeah. Orzammar didn't bug me as much as I think I heard it bug you. Yeah, it, it bugged the ever-living fuck out of me. You know that stretch in I-75 where it's in Georgia where it's nothing but pecan signs? Yes. That's what Orzammar is. It's five hours of red. <laughs> at least, uh, at least is it not stretch between Atlanta and Savannah, because you don't even get the pecan signs there. Like, you could be confused with the five hours of washed-out red that is the fade in the Mage Tower. Oh. Yeah. Well... That that that's what bothers me about any game. Like World of Warcraft, early levels are these bright green, happy places, and then when you get up into later levels, it's rocks and lava for you the whole time. Here, we're going to take away all your party members and force you to complete tedious puzzles by yourself. Yep. Yay! Um, well, speaking of Bioware, for Dragon Age and Mass Effect Two, no Tower of Hanoi problems to solve. That's good, I guess. But there has always been Tower of Hanoi in Bioware games. Somewhere. Like in the original Mass Effect, I don't know if you got to this point, there's a system, you have to like shut it down or reactivate it or something, and it's like, you've got to move these power blocks. There's three columns. 
wait, you can only put a larger power block you know, a smaller block on top of a larger one. Oh, it's the Tower of Annoy problem. Well, I, I they assume... did the same thing in uh, Knights of the Old Republic, too. I forget what it was. But... It was Knights of the Old Republic. Yeah. I haven't hit it in Jade Empire yet, but, I mean, it's like a staple. Um, there uh, is in Dragon are they, uh, Is that pro- problem perhaps being phased out at the uh, computer science? There's a codex entry in Dragon Age, I think, that laments the lost riddle of the Hanoi Tower or something um, in there. Um, there's the in utero um, lyrics or something <laughs> um, one of the things there's a lot of references in Dragon Age if you start reading some of the codexes and stuff there's a lot of weird crap um, references to, yeah. to things outside of I'll be honest in both Dragon Age and Final Fantasy they have these huge codexes you can read if you really want to get into all the lore and shit and I'm like no fuck this I have no interest in reading it If if the characters aren't you know, we're in 2010. If the characters aren't going to, to talk about it in fully voiced uh, cutscenes, I'm not interested. I did the reading shit for, you know, 15 years. Not doing it anymore in an article. Yeah. I don't mind it. I liked it in Dragon Age because they were still amusing without the codexes, but the codexes were bonus. I liked, the, I liked some of the codexes that gave me a, a background, but I didn't read many of them because most of them were just stuff you'd already heard. The, yeah. The only positive thing I can say about Wars of Mark is that you get uh, Dwarven Steve Bloom. Like, I, I fucking loved that. Because that meant that, uh, and I, I'm glad Nathan's not here because I can really rag on Alistair. Nathan loves Alistair. He's like, I like you know, Alistair. He's like, oh, he's this goofy, not, you know, kind hearted guy. No, he's a whiny little bitch. He's a whiny <laughs> little bitch that I fucking hate. Now, as soon as, uh, uh, Dwarven Steve Bloom shows up, I'm like, Alistair, get your ass out of the party. Get the back of the line there with Morgan, who's going to piss and moan about every decision I make. Both of you are just fucking out. Go out there and hang out with Sven and this fucking dog, and me and the old woman, and drunken Steve, Steve Bloom, and... Uh, who will hit on the old woman. And, uh, oh, yes. And Leliana, who is the only other character than my own that I liked. Uh, now, here's we're, we're going to go and kick some ass. Spoiler eggs. territory here. Big spoiler territory. You can make Alistair straighten up and all of a sudden be like, No, what? No, I'm the fucking king. Fuck this. I'm the fucking king. When you go if you do his side quest, okay? Um, where he goes and he finds his sister, uh, in dinner, alright? Which you have to go through a whole bunch of anti bullshit for him to even talk about it. And he goes there and he shows up and he's like, Hey, I'm your I'm your brother and she's basically like, Fuck you. I got kids. You know what? Fucking give me money. Why don't you just give me some money for my fucking little kids, you know, popping out. I just popped out another baby while we're talking. You know, it's like <laughs> a total character you're supposed to hate. You're supposed to be like, dude, she's just living off a welfare and asking for more money, right? As you walk out, no matter what happens out there, he's all conflicted. He's like, oh, man, I really told me to do it. At that point, if you tell him to, um, you know what? People are fucking assholes. And I'm glad you saw this. A few scenes later at the camp, he's like, you know what? You're right. People are assholes. I'm the fucking king. And from that on out, he is totally, he does not whine at all. He has no problem taking king. When he takes king, he will send, um, what what was her name? Uh, sort of an A, the the princess. Uh, Logan's daughter. Um, Logan's daughter. Um, 
Doesn't matter. I can't even remember. Whatever her name is, like she's like trying to become queen. Yeah. Um, he's like, put the bitch in the tower, lock her up in case I die fighting the dark spawn. And she's like, well, I would have just killed you. And he's like, I said, if I die. <laughs> yeah. Like, the reason you're being kept alive is I could die, and you would be the next best ruler. So I'm going to not screw the people over, because I'm king, and I've got a good decision. But had that not been the case, I probably would, yes, kill you right here. Um, so basically you're saying Alistair turns from one character I wouldn't like to another character I wouldn't like. Oh, why, you don't like the strong asshole? He's, he's, either, a white, he's either white or he's a jerk. Is what you're saying. Like, there, there's no redeeming quality to him. Now, Morgan, um, I think she really changes her personality after you sleep with her. <laughs> um, after you sleep with her, unless you like a woman. At the end of the, uh, at the that end is of the, the funniest part. So, of all the women you can sleep with, the witch who's all raised out in the woods and isn't in the ways of man, is the most stereotypical female character in the relationship. You know? I don't know. And Liliana is like, by the way, right, you want to fuck the elf? I guess, you know, go fuck the elf, you know? I'll fuck the elf with you, you know? Like, we can all fuck the you know, like, She's fine with it, and she's the sweetheart character, you know? She's all lovey-dovey and loves a bunny. She wants you to get a fucking bunny and Orzammar for her. I don't you know. know. That's not a bunny. That's some sort of red well, paint. Bioware, Bioware with their characters <coughs> has this whole, like, Madonna horror complex. Like, they are either, like, the stereotypical, you know, Liliana's perfect and nice, and yes, she has a past, but she's just so, so nice. Or Morgan, who's mad at everything and is cold and heartless and cruel. But Leilana, as the spunky, cute, little, I love everybody character, will fuck anything that moves. Agreed. Exactly. That's why I love her. <laughs> Dear that, that's why I honed in on her. Yeah. I mean, a female character, I'm like, I'm going to have lesbian sex with that. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Sure. Hey, but you know what the best is? Male dwarf on male elf action. <laughs> and yes, I unlocked that. Achievement unlocked. And I called Cicely in the room, too. I'm like, get in here, this is happening. But, but I'm looking for that. Short little dormant warriors getting it on with the elf. And oh, there's a great... If you have... So the, the, the sex scenes don't change based on characters. They change based on um, the sexes of the character. Like, uh -huh. there's a straight scene... There's a lesbian scene, there's a gay scene, and there's a great from-the-back scene where the dwarf is behind the elf, and he's rubbing the shoulders of the elf, and there's like a thing where they both tilt their heads up, like a moment of penetration, and it's awesome. <laughs> I'm so glad I didn't have to watch it. Oh, if you haven't seen it, YouTube it. Oh. And then, of course, because I had played all the different things through uh, on my last playthrough, I was really unlocking achievements, and I hadn't played a mage. Mm -hmm. So I decided, fuck it, I'm going to play a blood mage. Um, I'm going to actually, uh, to be a blood mage, you had to um, bargain with the demon that trapped the boy's soul. Okay? Right. Not in the fade, at the tower, but the fade when you go back to save the boy. Yeah, uh, basically, yeah, you borrow the demon and, like, yeah, you can come back and have the boy in, like, five years or whatever. Like, give me enough time to, like, save the world, and then the boy's yours. Um, and your options are, like, you can permanently, like, peg someone to like you. Um, you can get some stat Ooh. points. 
uh, out of it. But then you can also choose to learn Blood Magic. Um, and so I decided, I'm going to learn Blood Magic. And I felt like role-playing it. So I rolled this female character, but I gave her, like, deep black eye sockets. Like, her eyes were like, she looked like a skull. Right? Her face is a skull, natty-ass hair and everything. Of course, in the Dragon Age universe, we're all freaking 18 when we take our clothes off, right? So she had the hot body that even old Wynn has at 90 years old. (laughs) Who's actually older than 90 years because, um, did you do her side quest? I don't think I did. A fucking fade demon is keeping her alive. So she's this, like, mage of the tower, and, like... A demon, a fade demon, is giving her life. But why? a good fade demon. Why? Because I, it, it, it was just watching her. Apparently, it's watched over her for a long, long time. And when she almost dies while in the fade, uh, defending somebody else from a, a bad fade demon, it's like, hey, you know what? I'm going to help you out. I can kind of like possess your body and bring it back to life and then like you let you kind of like live through it. I don't know, the, the whole magic system in Dragon Age has that sort of, like, it's kind of evil, kind of not, and you're always tiptoeing on that line. Well, with blood magic, you're not tiptoeing well, on yeah, that line. Yeah, obviously, like, um, you have a great move that raises your um, uh, body off the ground. Your feet are dangling. Your head tilts to the side. Blood shoots out of it. Blood just starts gussing out of the side of your neck, right? But then, like, everything is frozen and just starts dying on screen. Uh, Blood magic is so fucking powerful. They at least did, like, the evil magic right, where, like, no, it's fucking powerful. Um, Of course, nobody in your party comments on you're a blood mage using all this blood magic. Not even Alistair. They they totally, (laughs) like, blow past that. Uh, But the best part is having sex with Alistair as this decrepit skull face thing, and he's all looking deep. Uh, yes. Yeah, oh, it's so not as creepy as a dwarf on Alice, but it's a close second. Did <laughs> <laughs> oh. you see her face, and he's like, you are so beautiful. <laughs> <laughs> just like, Maggots crawling out of her eyes. No, it's a spell, dear. It's a spell, trust me. Um, if you could see the real face, you would not. Even mind those. control, mind uh, control. Yeah, oh, it also makes Alistair a lot more lovable. I, I'm gonna go ahead and say it. El or mages in this game are fucking broken. Here's my strategy guide for anyone who hasn't played Dragon Age. Uh, take one of the elemental, um, like fire or lightning that has a big area of effect spell, like Tempest or Fire Blast. Level it up all the way, and make sure you turn off party damage. Then, before you go behind a locked door. Queue up said area of effect spell and move it behind the door because it will highlight any enemies that are in there. If you see them, fucking nuke them and put a glyph in front of the door so they can't get out. Yep. Game over. If, if the door, if you haven't unlocked the door first, they can't open the door. Yeah. Um, you can totally cast without line of sight all the time. That's bugged to hell. And you can stack these area effects because the last character I actually played was the mage. I didn't realize how overpowered and ridiculous they were. Um, so, I mean, the first character I played was the rogue, which is actually quite difficult even on normal. Yeah. Um, that was, I died a lot, and I should not have started, you know, as a rogue uh, on there. But I figured, like, well, I don't want to play the mage because the mage usually starts out pretty ass weak and you get your ass handed to you. Like, I'll take, like, a middle of a rogue character here. Um, didn't realize how screwed it was, but no, on my mage, I, not only was I stacking those, I was paralyzing them 
in the ring as well, you know. Um, and then um, there's a a feedback, a mana feedback spell. Mana clash. Mana clash. Basically, it doesn't cost you all your mana, but it takes all of the mana of the mob that they have, of the monster, the creature you're fighting, and turns that all straight into damage with, like, no armor check or anything resistance whatsoever. Any powerful magic creature that I was just, like, held a fight the first time through, mana clash, drop dead. Immediately. Um, only things like dragons that would resist it, you know, um, will put up a fight. But, like, I remember going down into Orzammar, and you're fighting the... Six-titted lady? No, with her, I just kept uh, area affecting yeah. her, and then that just left me free to kind of crowd control all the ads um, in that scenario uh, with the mage. It was the um, it was in like one of the tombs, like where you're running around, you're getting all the parts to the uh, legion armor, and in one of the things is like a set of orcs. There's a really fucking powerful magic orc back there. Oh yeah, I know what you're talking about. Yeah, he like party wiped me several times on the other ones. This one I walked in, mana clash, you're fucking dead, and then just rolled the room with area of effect. You know? Um, like the party I didn't even micromanage on my third playthrough with the mage. Uh, and you I have said to. No. I had said it to Insanity because I think it was an achievement for that. Yeah. Or maybe I said it to Insanity just because, you I think know? He, no, I think it was just because. I don't think they were mean enough to make you have an Insanity. I did, um... I rolled a mage, but I had a, like, a healing mage with some area of effect, and yeah, it was not that easy for me. Yeah, don't, don't. Don't bother with healing. I, I had to, like, I did have to micromanage my party. And that's, that's, what wins for. that's what Leyland is for. Don't roll a fucking healer or rogue. Now, did we all play Xbox version? Yes. Okay. Yes. Um, I got into... No, I'm sorry. I played the PS3 version. Okay. Um, I had no problem with their control system. I mean, even when I was micromanaging and I had mages on my party and I was hand-casting their spells and everything... I could whip through in a second, party cast, run through everything like that. Um, I gotta give hats off to Bioware. I mean, as far as like having a very deep spell system, very deep move and combat and a lot of complex system, and being able to handle all that without being able to program hot bars like you normally would on a PC edition. Yeah. Um, I think they did that well. I don't see the need to have played that game on a PC. And that was a rough choice for me. Because the whole reason I loved it and I played it through was like, I love Baldur's Gate, I love Ultima 7 um, on the PC. I love the style of PC computer role-playing game. Um, and to be given like, um, hey, here's a nostalgic game throwback um, to all this stuff. And you'll catch all these references and there's party banter going on and all this stuff. And, um, that I was really worried about that. I was like, you know, these games are so freaking deep with their stats and all that. I'm going to need a mouse. You know, I mean, it's not going to be possible to play without a mouse, but I'm addicted to achievements, and I was like, I'll give it a shot. I really expected to rebuy this game, to, like, start playing it, and, like, I really like the game. I hate this fucking interface because I can't win the battles like I think I should and rebuy it on PC. Yeah. I kind of... Actually, I think Bioware has, since Neverwinter Nights, has gone that direction because I actually got KOTOR for the PC... And, well, my PC at the time sucked, so it didn't run well, but when it did, 
it's just a really weird system, you know, pause, choose your moves. It's a really weird system to play with the mouse. But when I went back and played it on Xbox, it made more sense. So I think they've kind of shifted in that direction. Did you guys play the Dwarven Noble origin story? No. no. I, I don't do dwarves. Dwarves are gangsta. By far. It's, it's worth hopping back in and play the origin story. Because you know when you come to Orzammar, yeah. there's a big split, right? In, in Between fashion. the King Douchebag and, Queen, and uh, King Turdface. Yes. Exactly. You, you play, play the origin story of that. It ties fucking in. Like, none of the other origin stories really matter after the origin story is over. This one, you come back to Orzammar, and it matters. Um, How's the human noble figure in? Human noble can, if you're a female and your romance is Alistair, you could possibly, in the story, become queen. Otherwise, you and Alistair are just fucking on the side. Um, oh, yeah. Okay, wait a minute. Because uh, if you're fucking Alistair as a female and you, you take it over, he basically, like, will either... Astora, or whatever her name was, um, he either like he, he marries her, or like, look, I gotta like keep options open for power as a king, and can't marry a com- uh, commoner, so um, um, we'll keep fucking. Like, let's not stop that. You know, we don't want to stop that by any stretch of the imagination. <laughs> um, and you'll have as many bastard children because you never know as a king when you're gonna need a bastard son to come overthrow. Hey, look at me, the evil uncle, right? You know. Um, yeah, look at what I'm doing right now. Like, you cannot have too many bastard sons as a king. That is a lesson Dragon Age teaches can, us. Can I go ahead and throw this out, um, for consideration? Uh, Alistair's story is the Lion King, and Tyrion Loghain is Gar. Yeah. Yeah. Pretty much. That's to a T. I mean... Like, uh, he kills Simba's dad, then Simba has to come back and, uh, you know, avenge his dad. Blames him for it. Like, hey, you fucking wardens. And you even know? the hyenas are represented in Lord Hal and his men. Yeah. Okay. Now that gives you an extra... So as a human noble, Lord Hal uh, yes. fucks over your father, so that's why yeah, you're... That's why I'm asking, because... And so you kind of get, like, an extra line or two of dialogue at Lord Hal. Not much. But he, he, he doesn't die any different. And all they say is when they see you, because I rolled a black girl as my human noble. <laughs> Your parents are still white. <laughs> white as white bread. <laughs> Nobody questions it. <laughs> Adopted. Like, are your parents Michael Jackson and somebody else with the same disease? Possibly so. Because um, when you you'll be white when you're thirty. When you see the when you see the king before he goes off and gets his ass killed, he's like. I think I remember you from somewhere. And you're like, my dad was da 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 And you're, they're like, he's like, ah, oh, yes, you look exactly like your parents. <laughs> the king does promise to, like, take vengeance upon Hal. Uh-huh. He's like, oh, after this fight, that's just not going to stand. Oh, fuck that. You know, we will take care of that. And of course, he's dead, you know, so. Logan remembers you. How, um, uh, Alistair, when he sees you, he's like, didn't I see you at one of those meets? <laughs> Well, yeah, there's a couple of options, but nothing like the Dwarven Noble. Like, it seriously factors in when you come back. Um, and it, it fucking ma- it makes it a hard choice, because your brother is the the son of the king. Because you're the son of the king as well. So your brother is the, the, the asshole, right? The, the, the tyrannical asshole option. And the king's confidant is the kind of love the people, wishy-washy option. When you come back, 
okay? Your brother killed your other brother and pinned it on you so that he would be in line for the king. You're the eldest. You're the rightful heir to the throne. Well, with the eldest living. And, and you somehow, um, because you're the son of the king or whatever, they decide to banish you to the deep instead of just outright killing you, okay? But you're banished, you're stripped of all title, you're banished to deep, expected to die, you run into um, Duncan, and he's like, you were badass earlier, and you fucking survived down here this far, might as well be a warden, you know? Like, we need what we can get, because um, he's down there just kind of like raiding like the wardens do, um, so that's that kind of ties For in. So when you come back, right? You now know that if your brother's appointed, family name lives on. And on my character, I fucking diddled some whores before I left. <laughs> and I have a son. Like, hey, we have a son. And, like, my brother's, you know, who who, pinned, who killed our other brother and pinned it on me. But it's like, we'll reinstate your title and give full rights to your son. So now I'm like, can I possibly have, like, a text... Because at the end of Dragon Age, right, there's, like, some text of what happened. Yeah, and I have a comment to make about that here in a little I'm bit. like, can I possibly have a text slide that's like, and my son rose up and killed my brother, so putting thus back my, you know, directions, that would be fucking awesome. But, of course, I fucking hate my brother, you know, if all this city pinned on me. Um, and, you know, like, my father really did want, that was his dying wish, to have the other guy named as king, so you you actually are like in a decent moral choice. They throw you into a decent moral choice at that point. Yeah. And actually, should we get into what happens at the end? It, yeah, here in a minute. Um, one thing I wanted to Let's ask. Let's come back to that um, real quick. The graphics in Dragon Age. They look okay, but to me it seems like they that the graphics engine for Dragon Age looks worse than the one for Mass Effect, which came out two years before Dragon Age. It's almost on purpose, though. Now, I've heard the PC version, the graphics are amazing of Dragon Age. Uh, I'm sure if you have, like, a, you know, $8,000 gaming PC, sure, everything Probably, yeah. I don't know what they're doing. So I know Probably that shit's rainbows. Um, <laughs> it had, definitely has a feel of the project was started as a computer role-playing game, and some guy with the budget and the numbers said, yeah, we're not, we can release it on PC, but we can't ignore the consoles anymore. Yeah. Like, we have to make a stand on the consoles. Um, and maybe some of the developers there were like, look, we've already done Mass Effect on the consoles. We did Jade Empire on the consoles. We've been doing role-playing games on the consoles. To pull it at this point would be kind of looked down upon. It would be kind of addictive. Like, we should pull it. So it has the feel of that computer engine ported to the console late in the development cycle. Kind of. Rather than, like, hey, we're starting out with picking a solid engine that looks good on all... Yeah. Or um, they started it at, like, in that same vein, like, it looks like, almost like they started it for a really low-level PC, so that it would look decent even on that and run right, and then they just ported that visual text over. I was just wondering, because it seemed inexcusable to me to have a game on 360 and PS3 that looked that, comparatively speaking, that bad. Yeah. Because I'm like, I I'm sitting there and I'm playing Mass Effect 1 back, and I'm like, yeah, this game looks a lot fucking better than that. And there's a lot of features, like, your character doesn't talk in Dragon Age. Your character, you know, Shepard won't fucking shut up in Mass Effect. Well, if you look at, you know, re a character, you don't actually choose a voice for Shepard. You get to choose, 
between male or female. You can choose what a voice will piss you off and annoy you because they keep saying the same damn thing over and over again. Every I can't carry time. anymore. But yeah, I yeah. need more mana. Like, and, and I think that may be part of the issue here is there are so many different voice choices here that it's not like... Between the two systems, I kind of like Mass Effect better because it's kind of like, ooh, I want to pick the be an ass option because I want to hear what he's going to say. Because yeah. he always says something like, no, screw you. And then your shepherd has like this dialogue of, you know what? And then there's like a whole cutscene of like pushing the guy down and they're like, you come fucking near me again, I will blow your head off. And you're like, that was awesome, I love that. Um, and I get more attached to Mass Effect Shepard than I do to um, any Dragon Age character that I rolled and created and chose a backstory for. Yeah, agreed. Um, so I, I did like that. Better the way Mass Effect does it. Although now I have a problem of my male Shepard, my female Shepard character. If I see somebody else playing Mass Effect, it's like no, that's not the way Shepard looks. Yes. I can't stand that voice like, coming out of a different I'll, Shepard. I'll watch Dylan, and I'll be like, "No, Shepard doesn't look like that." Shepard does Shepard not. looks retarded the way female you Shepard has red hair. What the hell is going on here? <laughs> but okay, I was just wondering because those those were some of my major uh, complaints about. Dragon Age was that there were pacing problems with the Fade and Orzammar, which were just too oh, fucking yes. long, and uh, the game seemed like it was a step back from Mass Effect, which is a two-year-old game. It just didn't make any sense for me. The DLC has been weak. I haven't played Agreed. Awakenings. Agreed. But the DLC is way overcharging for what and, they're doing. And you don't play it until Mass you finish the game, and after that point, I'm like, well, I already know what fucking happens. I don't give a shit about this stuff. Well, well random encounter in Ma in uh that I hated in Dragon Age? Superman. What the fuck? So you had to buy the um, Warden's Keep DLC. Yeah. And you could go out and play Warden's Keep and all that. But just having that at any point... In fact, you could actually do Warden's Keep immediately. Mm -hmm. You could actually yeah. like hit that off immediately and get some cool shit. And actually, the shit that you got from it, because I did that very late was low level. Like, you really need to do it early because the Warden's commander armor is not that great and everything. Yeah, I ended up um, doing that. The, um, the robes, though, of the one dude, like, if you kill him, uh, the blood mage that you run into... Oh, uh, Jowen? Mm -hmm. No, not Jowen. No, 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 no. uh, the blood mage in Warden's Keep. Okay. The one who's studying and all that. If you kill him, you get his robes. They add a bonus to blood magic. Um, there's only, like, a handful of items that will bonus blood magic. Um, in the game. And basically, they, they reduce the cost of spells while using blood magic, which, while you're in blood magic, is casting from your life. Um, and it's not quick enough that you can really power game it. You can't go to blood magic and cast the create mana spell, and then go back and use mana to heal and all that. You, it, it's balanced well enough. You can't do that. So I, I thought that was done well. But um, you unlock this random encounter. Ironically, I never got the random encounter with... Uh, Axameter. Did you guys get Axameter? No. No. Um, I think you can only get that one with the Human Noble. Maybe. I got that with my Human Noble. There's a random encounter where you come around a group of people that there's an axe buried in a stump. And nobody can get it out. And then your character walks <laughs> and gets it out and they're like, Oh my god, you've released Axameter, you know? Um, and now you're also the King of England. Wait. Yeah. Um... <laughs> So, there's a random encounter if you have the, the Warden's Keep DLC where you come across a crater. And there's two old people of like, you know, hey, we found a kid. 
we'll raise them as our own, you know, or something like that. And when you search the crater, you find... Star metal. Star. Is it star metal or star something? Star meteor? Star... I think it's star metal. Pretty you go and metal. you take it and the dude will make you a sword from it in Warden's Keep. And he makes the badass, best sword of the game. You won't beat Starfang. Um, is the name of the sword. Um, you won't beat Starfang with any other weapon you'll find in the game. It, but it, you it, have to go to Warden's Keep, and I assume you have to keep the dude alive. No, no, no. This is the the traveling dude that takes you there. Okay. Afterwards, yeah, they set up a camp. The 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 smith in the camp will go. Wait, that's star metal. I can make something really special with this. What do you want? A sword, a two-handed sword. Um, so I, this I'll is like getting staff. the uh, the rainbow metal and chrono trigger, right? Yes, it is. Yes, there you go. You got the lo- rainbow sword right there. Um, that sounds much gayer I now. I found out. Yeah, I don't star metal being is slightly less gay. Awakenings does not have any support for any DLC content. That's horseshit. My fire <laughs> character is fucked because you know what I do with all the crap I don't use. I sold it all. I didn't keep a damn other decent sword. Because I had Starfang. It was the only one I needed. Right? So all, most, much of the guys are running around in DLC. You know, Sten is wearing the, um, armor. You're the- actually using Sten? Uh, he's got, like, a uh, Liara's head when- from Mass Effect. <laughs> I was like, done. I'm just gonna be thinking about Liara every time. When you're, um, when you're playing through three times, you play with the other guys just to see what the hell they would say. Um, Sten actually has a great moment. If you take Sten to the, the the sacred urn ashes, at some point, like here he goes, he basically interrupts you. Like some dialogue goes, what the fuck's going on? What are you doing? You don't know what the hell you're doing. Um, I've read online at that point, you can play that scene bad enough, he'll fucking leave. And take the shit he's wearing with him. Um, but if you tell him, you know what, Sten? You're following me. Shut the fuck up and get in line. He's like, oh, okay, I can respect you now. You know? You've taken command. You've led. Um, which will then open up his um, side quest. Which, then you kind of find out like what happened with Sten. What happened with Sten is, like, Canari um, are given a sword that's bonded to their soul. Okay? And he woke up these farmers had taken him in, and he was kind of living with them or something like that. I don't exactly they sure. They him back to health after they found him on a bloody battlefield. Yeah, they found him on a battlefield, and they're like, they nursed him back to health, but he wakes up basically without his sword, didn't find his sword, and goes insane in that moment um, in He's rage. Like, do you and kills know where my sword is? He, they're like, no, we don't know where your sword is. He's like, no, he has a panic attack and kills everything in sight. Which is kind of funny, because he's like the uh, calm Zen character. Yeah, he is kind of like he lost it in that moment, and then, because he cannot return to his people. Because he can't he complete his quest, because he doesn't have a sword. And okay. they will kill him on sight. And they, they will kill him on sight. Um, so... If you find, but you can go to the quest, you can get back a sword. There's some great intimidation options because you find like these shady merchants who have sold his sword around several times, and they're like, "Oh, I'm not gonna tell you that." And you're like, "Sten, you can go and fucking rip his head off if you want." You know, I mean, he stole your sword; it's bound to your soul. Um, I'll look the other way on this one. You know, but and they, they shit themselves. It's like, "Oh, no, fuck," you know. Um, so yeah, he he. Um, he has a pretty decent side. Once I realized, like, everybody has their own side quest, too, 
Um, I had to like unlock their side quests and see what they would do. This makes me want to go back and play it, but I don't know I will have. Auburn has a whole fucking romantic interest you can hook up. Like Bronca is dead to somehow. Yeah. You know, and um, he's like, hey, there was you know, I I did kind of have an affair with this dwarven barmaid, and you go back to the the inn right in front of the the mage tower, and now all of a sudden there's a dwarven barmaid. Um, she was apparently... He was hitting on Wynn in my party. Yeah, he hits on Wynn. When you get him with the uh, Dwarven Barmaid, all they do is like, you're the fucking ugliest woman I've ever seen. You know, you're a useless son of a bitch, you know? Why are you like, here again? Get the fuck out of this tavern and all that. Sounds like me and Jen. And they leave, and like your, your dialogue options basically lock you into like, oh, I'm sorry that didn't go well, or... You know, maybe it'll try again. He's like, what the hell are you talking about? That was, that was fair play. You know? <laughs> it's on, you know? Um, the dialogue between him and Wynn priceless. Priceless. When he starts listing all the euphemisms for polishing the stone and going oh, yeah. yeah. And Alistair is like, you made that up. <laughs> <laughs> That's with like, Alistair. No. With Wynn... <laughs> He's always like, so uh, what do you wear under them robes? And just There's a point where Wynn actually breaks down, you know, and like pushes him into like, you know what? Yes. Do you have um, some ale? Uh, he, he talks about that like, yeah, I like to drink. Wynn is... Oh, you had something to say about the text at the end? Oh, God. Oh. Okay. So let, let's just go ahead and spoil this fucker wide open. Um, do they want to do anything besides uh, send Alistair to his death? Because I sure as fuck. Well, I did all options. I, I did. I sa- did some save points so I could unlock everything, and it took three playthroughs. What do you have to? I did baby mama drama. <laughs> I made Alistair king. I killed Alistair. Yeah. I, I want to know how Morgan expected my female character to impregnate her. No, she said, go get Alistair to fuck me so that oh, I can yeah, have a baby. Right. The beautiful part is, if you had taken Loghain over Alistair, you could have Loghain fuck Morgan. <laughs> like, that was a, a that, scenario. That was, that was the second easiest choice besides sending uh, Alistair to his death was killing Loghain. I was like, no, I just spent 40 fucking hours trying to kill you. I'm doing it. What I ended up... What I ended up doing was I tried to get uh, the Queen and Alistair to get married. Yes. And I don't know what I did. I think by, like, I think you said by, if you don't kill Loghain, they won't do it. Yes, if you don't kill Loghain, Alistair will be pissed about that. That was my problem because I didn't kill Loghain, and they were like, okay, deal's off, we've changed our mind. Correct. And Alistair just leaves. I have no idea what actually drives... Anora, that's her name. Anora. Anora, yes. I have no idea what it drives, whether she will stand with you or against you at the end. I'd rather do it, it seems almost random. Like I said, I've played ending like eight times at least, because um, that's a save point. Right before that meet is where you have to save it if you want to unlock all the different eventualities. Right. Um, and so I played through that a bunch, and it just seems fucking random. Whether she walks in and goes, oh, no, my father needs to be here. Or whether she walks in and, like, people... My father has lost his way. We need to stand with that. Now, I think if you tell her you'll put her on there, she definitely will stand with you. If you try her to get her with Alistair, it seems to be iffy, 50-50, um, whether or not you can get Alistair to take her as queen. Um, well, I had my persuasion maxed out and had no problem 
A, getting her on board with it. B, getting him on board with it. They are basically just saying, you know, I was basically telling them, yeah, I want you to wipe my ass and uh, and lick it clean and then be thankful for it. And they said, okay. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I got that far, but uh, like, I do think I screwed up there at the end because I uh, didn't kill Logan. Yeah, yeah but if, if you, you choose Logan, Alistair, yes, it did. You, yeah. if you choose Alistair as your champion, he will kill Logan regardless. You don't even have an option. He just fucking kills Logan. Uh, I I had I had my character, uh, my arcane warrior mage, just go in there and rip his fucking head off. Yeah, that game never actually was a challenge to any of my characters. Even the rogue was just. Oh, with the landscape? No, I had yeah. I had problems with him the first time. I think it was because I didn't like. I actually had to go target him. I got I got too wrapped up in killing all the ads and. They just overwhelmed. Crushing me. prison and giant tempest and firestorm and yeah, yeah, you know that, um, that shit was over. The um, now I don't know if it's possible. I got damn close once when you're breaking out with Anora and you run into the guard. Right, they're there to capture you. I got damn close to killing all of them. To see where it would pick up if you actually survived that instance. Um, it was a lot of quick casting with the mage. I think the mage is the only one that stands to it. Again, I had my blood spell that basically froze everyone and started killing them, uh, in effect. I got close to that. But I did several times play the escape from prison different ways. The best one, by far, is to wait for help. And, and then you say, Liana, Liana and, and Morgan, did you do this? I, I Are you saying and win? Yes, and win, because uh, what they do, and, and uh, you can say what you did here in a second, what they do is they go to the guards, and they pre- pretend to be um, priests, mm-hmm. and, uh, you know, they'll be like, you know, we're here to deliver last rites to this prisoner, and uh, they're like, well, you know, so-and-so is already here delivering last rites, and what they do is they immediately get down on their knees, and, uh, you know, they start saying, Oh, dear God, please do not call, cause bugs to crawl out of their eyes because they're too big of a dumbass to... Uh... They do that as well, except you have Morgan <laughs> trying to pass <laughs> as one of the Chantry. That's even and better. And she's, she's oh. getting kind of elbow props from, from Leilana. Leilana's like, God, <laughs> In every way, she's like, why don't we just cast and smite, you know, like, why don't we just kill them, you know? I ended up going with Leilana and Ogren. And so I had to choose who would talk at each, you know, like each time you had to talk that to someone. Easy. Who's got all the charisma? Not no, I guess. <laughs> but that was kind of funny because both of them seemed like they were kind of. But it made total sense playing it through multiple times because the first time since I was a thief, I could pick locks. Picked the lock, um, went to stealth, stunned and cast, and took it. I felt like a badass. The next time that I went through and I played Breaking Out, it's like, oh yeah, there's a guy, like, oh no, um, Alistair uh, will be in the cage with you if you can't get out on your own so that you can, like, fake an illness and he calls the guard over and, and you get out like that. I don't I think I had like, an option to do that. I don't remember having an option to do that. Did you have Alistair in the cage with you? Oh, no, no, no. So this is, um, if you say, yeah. like, um, I'm going to bust out of here. Like, when the dude asks you, like, okay, um, I'm going to bust out of here, all of a sudden there's, like, there's Alistair. You know, it's like he's over in the corner too. He hasn't woken up yet. Okay, I don't think I did. Um, for some reason, he gets thrown in there, not really explained to help you break out. But it does make a lot of sense if you break out solo. You run into Liliana there, and she's like, "Oh, I had the best plan to rescue you." 
You know, it's almost like telling you, like, you need to replay this. And, and we put a lot of effort into the dialogue of the scene of them busting in that for you not to see it. The best ending I find is actually um, taking the sacrifice yourself. Um, which is the same cutscene killing the archdemon if you went for baby mama drama. Um, which is basically you killing the archdemon. Which is an awesome bat final cutscene. You know, like they're all fighting, you run up, you grab the sword along the way, jump on the top of the head of the thing, you know, kill it, slide underneath it, sliding its neck. That's just an awesome um, um, final scene. But you then take in the beam, it blows up, you're seen there laying, and they cut to a scene where Alistair's basically giving her last rites. And you're put out to sea on a coffin with, you know, kindling all around it. And they fucking light you on fire. And um, he just says, like, awesome fucking words about you. Now, granted, this was the Alistair that I had turned into a badass. Right. So I don't know if the weak Alistair would have had such great words. But, um, yeah, he's just, like, you know, this was, you know, the hero and saved us all and all that. And I'm like... Fuck yeah, you know, I'm UI, I feel great about that. Then of course you get the little thing where you're like, hey, you can continue playing now from this point. Like, no, I'm fucking dead. I'm dead. You know, I don't like I don't care what happens now. You know, <laughs> yeah. I know what happens. I, I actually like the other ending where uh well, besides the fact that Alistair dies, um where you know you're sitting there and it's like uh Star Wars style where everyone's standing around and you know, I, I walked up to Leliana and she's like uh yeah, so what are you going to do now? And I'm like, oh, I think I'm going to go, you know, run around for a while. And she's like, well, you finally get your happy ending. I'm like, well, as long as I get the girl, you know, I'm a female character. So I'm like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I got that ending, but what I ended up doing was, because Logan was in my party, he practically begs you to let him do it because he's been such a horrible person. And so I'm like, and Morgana, and Mor- Morgana okay. is like, why are you going to let him be the hero? He's going to be the sacrifice that everybody loves. I didn't put Morgan in my party yeah. at the end. Like, she will just fucking knock on everything you do, so I'm like... Pretty much. You know what? Well, I'll tell you this. The scenario that I played to the end, where I scorned Morgan, I just basically like, you know, nope, not going to do it, nobody's going to do it. She got pissed, went into wolf form, ran yeah. off. Yeah. I then realized... I have no fucking mage of any cal. She was my mage, you know, through all of this shit. Um, Wynn was spec basically to heal. Like, she was only thrown in the party where, like, I'm going to need a bunch of healing, so I'll throw her in. She's useless offensively, and I have dick for range to fight the Archdemon. That was hell. That was the one. There was a couple of rage quits on there <laughs> finding that Archdemon. You know, like, you cocksuckers... And the the um, calling your uh, support is bugged because it doesn't have enough CPU power to keep the fight going on. So once they're kind of off line of sight, you're far enough away, it freezes the moment of that battle. Really? If you run back up to it, it'll pick up exactly where it left off. Now, for you to be able to call in a different set, the current set they has to be dead. Yeah, I screwed up so there. I couldn't really switch from, like, the armies that I needed to get to them at the first point to bring in either my archers or my wizards. So when the ar- when the dragon went to um, the perch, I had no ranged attack. I also didn't have a fucking rogue with high enough skill 
To use the ballistas. In lockpicking to fix the fucking ballistas when they jammed. So Which I is jammed all the fucking time. Yeah. So basically, it was a game of, like, reloading it, playing it through it 20 times to enough where I randomly was lucky enough to shoot the thing enough that it got off. I only uh, used the ballista, like, twice. I threw, like... Three different armies at it, and the last one was the elves, which was if you if you got the army to get their attention, you can usually position one of the ballistas and uh, lay a shit ton of damage on it. Yeah, so the other ones mostly I ran the ballista on it up until the point where it's almost dead, and and it flies back in the middle. Even though it's still in the range of one of the ballistas at that point, um, you can pretty much spell cast it to death at that point because it's not going to go anywhere. It's not going to keep jumping up and down. It's not going to do any shit to to cause you to move. Um, the other times it will jump like up on top of where the ballistas are and everything and keep jumping around. But yeah, that bugging pissed me off on that one because I just did not have a party equipped to take it down because I had no range. What drove me crazy, I was I was about to defeat it. I brought in the archers and there was one left, which of course my guys were tanking the... Uh, I had I think I had Ogren and... I don't know. I, I had like two guys tanking it or something. Two guys in close range. And my last elf just wouldn't die, so I was sitting there thinking, like, my whole party's going to wipe before my elves will die and I can pull in another army, so... Uh, the thing I was going to say about the text boxes and the ending is that those are also bugged. Because um, I have the ending where Alistair died, and, you know, I'm sitting there, I say all my goodbyes to everybody, me and Leliana, we're going to ride off into the lesbian sunset, and, uh, you know, it starts talking about what everybody's doing now, and that... It's like Alistair and Anora, you know, had a had a happy and effective reign. I'm like, no, they didn't. Alistair's fucking dead. Yeah. Wow. Um, you... I also got a, a a bug with the with the with the achievements. Like I did the one where I did the blood sacrifice so that um, Alistair had the kid with her. Yeah. And I saved myself. And then some t- when I loaded it back up, suddenly I had self-sacrifice one, too. You ran into a thing with her. She got, hers got corrupted on, the, on one of the patches that came out for the game. Like, didn't give her um, second character. Lost. It locked all of the talent she had unlocked in her first one. Because um, really, I mean, that's the, way, the only way you're going to play some... Unless you're just going to wait to the fucking end. Like, it takes a really long time to unlock Champion, for example. So if you right. were to take Champion um, on your character, you'd probably do that on this next playthrough when, you, when you've unlocked it. Um, same with, you know, like, Arcane uh, Power, uh, which... Oh, so there you go. Blood Magic and Arcane Power, where you're allowed to wear plate yeah, as a mage. Love it. It's fucking unstoppable That now. shit's broken. Um... They didn't even attempt balance, you know? Like, <laughs> tank mages? Yes, like yeah, a lot of tank like, mages. I, I was sitting there, I was like, how do I get this side quest? Because this has, you know, I was sitting there looking at my armor. This armor sucks, and it doesn't give me much bonus to my spellcasting. How do I get that uh, that arcane warrior deal? Oh, like this? Oh, fuck yeah! <laughs> <laughs> Two-handed sword. You know, I don't even have to have strength. It's all magic. The only penalty you really took, and it's not much of a penalty, was in casting. There were some spells you basically could speed cast with a sword out. And some spells would have an animation where you put your sword away and cast with your hands. And it took a little longer than normal to cast it. 
but it's such a minor delay, it really wasn't that big of a deal. No, especially with most of those spells, you're doing it like as soon as you see them, but before they start going yeah. to you. So your range is insane. I I ended up sticking with staff the whole time just for the bonuses. The the staff is so worthless, except for maybe against the. There are demons. there's a sword or two. Um, that's an arcane sword that so you can get back the spell casting bonuses. Plus, uh, you can like hit people it, while your spells are uh, on cooldown. Yeah. Yeah, yeah that's um, cool. And, you know, the glyphs, I don't know if you guys got into yes, with the glyphs. They're just like glyphs. fucking invincibility glyphs. You know, they're just like, you know, oh, the glyph was a Yeah. Now I can stand in here and cast all fucking day because you can't get close. I just stick them in, in doorways and run outside and they're like, oh, I'm trying to get out of this tempest and this firestorm. But I can't for some reason. I'm fucked. <laughs> I can just imagine them clawing at thin air. They just, like, bounce, and they get knocked down by the glyph of repulsion, which makes it even more broken, because they're just laying there taking damage, unable to do anything about it. Oh, yeah, one time. Um, about 40 minutes in. Okay, so Final Fantasy, I'll give you my experience. We can, we can. Mine will be the quickest. We can hold off for Final Fantasy on another podcast. It won't take long. Oh, great. Go for it. Um, because Sicily, we've had Sicily here, too, so that... I do want to say one final thing on Dragon Age. We were talking about the box text at the end. I really liked how they did, like, um, the moral choices. Like, in Orzammar, you help build the Chantry, and it turns out that dwarves are really uh, intolerant against that sort oh, yeah. of thing. Oh, yeah, that has, like, a whole slaughter and shit. It's um, not quite so, like, it's not quite that cynical sort of, you know, like, if you're weak, then you get, trampled sort of thing. Like, it's not just exactly the opposite of what you expect, but I think they did a good good system where you were like, oh, I thought I did the good thing, and it, it turned out I didn't. Like, if you put the the sympathetic dwarf on the throne, yeah, basically, he gets weak. assassinated, and they go right back into the problem. Yeah. If you put and the they, asshole on there, and they were, they he rules for quite a long time. He's kind of a dick ruler, but but they don't withdraw from the rest of yeah, the... Yeah, they uh, kind of have peace. They don't anyway. withdraw. Um, Final Fantasy. So, so, Final Fantasy. How many hours did you make it in, just for the record? Technically, I played two, but made it in three. Because I watched Sicily play two hours of Final Fantasy. I watched her play the first two hours. See, see now, I think we can probably go through the records and, uh, you know, well-documented your, your gripes with JRPGs. My... I then played, after she played for two hours, I then played, but skipped every cutscene, which is how I got an extra hour of progress that I had seen. So I skipped every cutscene I had seen. I got up to the point where Chick comes down, oh my god, you're some important Chick that I want to bone, but you're also like my sister, or somehow I don't know that you're boning my sister, but I don't know, something, oh god, now you're frozen, we have to go into here... And that's where I, I stopped. The next night, Cicely got off playing, and she's like, do you want to play? And I said, oh, fuck no. <laughs> um, there's I was no chance. Night, and I was sleepy, and I was like, did you want to continue your character? He's like, no. Okay, but she's so like, you were ten hours in at that point? And as far as I could tell, it hadn't fucking changed. Um, okay, so you, so you basically got nowhere basically, in, in that game. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Um... I'm, I'm going to try and preface this as best as I can. Uh, 
I enjoyed the Super Nintendo NES era Final Fantasy games a lot. Yes. Uh, I was excited when Final Fantasy VII came out because it was a big deal at the time. It was very graphically advanced, uh, CG, all, oh my god, all this other great crap. But, um, couple, couple of, uh, life lessons here. Uh, don't buy third party memory items because I had like this mega memory card that I bought that was, I think, a Game Shark or Mad Cat. Um, before Mad Cat started making like, Arcade sticks with actual arcade components and learned how to make something that's worth a shit. But it had like 15 memory cards worth of storage on it, and it was like maybe five or ten dollars more than like the Sony licensed memory card. But the fucking thing just like went dead and erased all my Final Fantasy play data, and I had already played past the point where Eris had died, and I was like, you know what? Not fucking interested in going back and playing it. Um, Final Fantasy VIII came out, and I got a little while into it. And Squall was just a whiny little bitch the whole yeah. time. And I was like, you know what? This character is doing nothing for me. Final Fantasy IX comes out. Guy has a monkey tail. Pass. Final Fantasy <laughs> X comes out. And I'm like, okay, this game looks fucking awesome. Like, that and Devil May Cry, were, because I actually played Devil May Cry at a PS2 kiosk when the system first came out. And at the time, that game was fucking amazing. There was nothing else that was like it, like it at the time, although... Now God of War, Ninja Gaiden, you know, every fucking game is a playoff of de- that early Devil May Cry. Back and slash. And, um... But Final Fantasy X looked great. And then I started getting into it, and there was a guy named Waka. And every time I saw him, I wanted to go, Waka, Waka, Waka. Like Fozzie, <laughs> like Fozzie yeah. Bear. And he talked with this really fruity Caribbean accent. And... You know, the more I played as the main character, okay, he's he's kind of whining. Maybe he'll grow out of it. No, okay, he, let, let's see what his big move is. Oh, he's gonna kick a soccer ball at somebody. Fuck this! I'm done with Final <laughs> Fantasy. Final <laughs> Fantasy Eleven comes out online, fifteen dollars a month. Fucking pass. Final Fantasy Twelve comes out, and I'm like, okay, what you got for me, Final Fantasy? And here's where they got me. Here's where they brought me back in. They said. We're putting this in the same setting as Final Fantasy Tactics. Now, Final Fantasy Tactics, I left off the list because it is not a numbered game. It's a strategy RPG. It's pretty much a departure. It does not have whiny little bitch protagonists. Um, there's a distinct lack of belt buckles and zippers. And gloves. And gloves. And it has actual political intrigue in the story. And it is fantasy, not high-tech. That's what I liked about 12. Well, the high-tech doesn't bother me. Um, but the fact that they're putting it back in this setting with all this political intrigue, and they had this hot bunny rabbit that was like, you know, I didn't used to be into the whole anthro thing, but I might change my mind with this girl. <laughs> Tall, black, bunny chick that squares very, very little. Yeah, I liked her. And she kicks ass. And, and it got rid of the whole turn-based thing. It was a new system because by that point, JRPGs had just beaten into the menu-driven turn-based system into the ground. I was like, okay, this game, I'm psyched about. You've, you've got it in the right setting. You know, you've got characters I'm interested in. One of them arouses me in a strange way. <laughs> and it was an awesome game because it had a whiny bitch protagonist. But the story didn't revolve around him. It revolved around the entire cast and moreover around um, 
Ivalice as a whole in the uh, political intrigues that were happening and everything else. So that that was a great Final Fantasy game because it wasn't like most other Final Fantasy games after the Super Nintendo era. So we get to Final Fantasy thirteen, and I'm like, okay, well they're they're handing this back to the Tetsuya Nomura Belty McZipper Final Fantasy team. And I'm like, okay, let's see if, if they've learned any lessons from Final Fantasy twelve because that was such a different game. And they're like, well, it's kind of real-time, but it's still more menu-driven. I'm like, okay, well, I wasn't really that that into, you know, setting up all these AI sequences. I kind of ended up micromanaging 12 anyway, so no big loss. And then Leona Lewis showed up, and I was like, oh, fuck. Because it's just every commercial, every trailer had that godforsaken song on it. And I was like, no, I, I'm, I'm not going to play it. I'm going to pull a chat here and say, Final Fantasy thirteen. you mean Dragon Age Origins. I don't know. I don't even understand what the fuck that means. I mean, I'm not I know, like, some dumb it, shit sometimes, but... No, I mean, like, the, the, the oh, there is no fourth edition thing. No, I, I think Dragon Age actually picked up on a lot of... did a lot of the things that Twelve did right, and is kind of the successor to the old NES, you know... But Final Fantasy XIII, as the reviews started coming out, they started to say things that made me start to come around on it. Because they said, well, the game's more linear, and, and you know, RPG purists aren't going to like it. I'm not an RPG purist. I actually like RPGs to be more linear, because when you get into this point where they say, okay, yeah, we need to go kill the big bad guy, but we can also go do all this other random bullshit, and I'm not going to point you into any direction. There's a point in the first Mass Effect where it kind of does that. It says, you can go to here or here, and we don't really tell you where it is, and we don't point it out on your map. Oh, but yeah. you can do all this other random shit, too. Yeah, and the final that... RPGs really have that thing of, like, you get to the intro, we don't really care how you tackle the middle game, but we'll be very clear always, hey, once you start this quest, you're ending it's the game. Over. You know, we're, we're going to end the game, and it's going to be linear from there on out. The linearness, I don't think, would have bothered me in Final Fantasy. I think that actually kind of was a slight plus for me yeah, going that's a, in. that's a plus for me. Um, except that the constant cutscening, right, and the the combat. If the combat was a real-time, some kind of action-y combat, um, maybe I wouldn't have bothered by the cutscenes so much, but... It felt like I'm going from one cutscene of dialogue to the next cutscene of combat to the next cutscene of dialogue. Because all I'm doing was fucking auto, 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 auto. Like, I would screw around and, like, oh, pick the uh, other one or whatever the hell was in there. To be fair, it does get that way, but you have to get further into the game where more options start to open up. Well, I understand about 20 hours, and that's when the full, when everything unlocks. I'm going to have to go with Yahtzee on that of, like, you know... I could put my hand on a stove for 20 hours, and I would stop feeling pain. That doesn't mean it was a stupid thing to do, or it's a plus, you know? Well, that that's like saying that you get nothing for 20 hours, and then, boom, suddenly everything's there. You get stuff along the way. It, it opens up, and you're basically learning how to strategically shift the paradigms and which paradigms work, which ones suck. Some uh, of the stuff... Seemed okay. It's like okay, you you won't give me this and this and this, but let me see the. I want the crystals. I want the crystal ladder. Don't close off part of the crystal ladder just because you felt like it. Well, 
that's another part of it that I actually liked because I'm no longer feeling the need that, oh god, I have to, uh, go grind for, you know, five hours to make sure I'm okay for this next boss fight because I don't have any fucking where else to go with my skills. I'm clearly set to go here. I'm gonna move on to the next thing. And that's, that's what I like about, um, like the Persona games is that they're very linear. You know, you've got one calendar year to get this shit done. And, uh, you know, you can only go to the dungeon at night. In the day, you can go fuck around with your classmates. And uh, that's that's kind of the way that game rolls. And Final Fantasy XIII is sort of the same way. You just go point A to point B. And it also takes a lesson learned from Final Fantasy XII. And it doesn't focus around the, ma- the, the main protagonist. Although this is the one time in probably about 20 years I wish they would have. Because Lightning is the only likable character in that whole cast. You've got Retard... Who, you know, Vanille just absolutely says, oh, well, this sucks. How about we just ignore it? I think it's just because she never grew up. She went straight from her Earth. Uh, I, 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 I understand, but that that's like later when you find out, because the story is even, the story is more nonlinear than the game is, because the start, the story basically starts in the middle and fills in the gaps as you play through it, because... Mm-hmm. You'll see those cutscenes that say, like, day 13, and then the next one will be day 12, and you'll go all the way back to day one, you'll be like, oh, this is what happened, this is why we're here. Um, But I like the fact that you're just, you always know where to go next. There's not a question of, oh, great, I'm in this giant open field. I know, you know, I've got, you know, three different directions to go. I can go north, I can go east, I can go south. And each one of those directions opens up into a larger overworld. Uh, I don't know where the fuck to go. This is like, there's a yellow dot. I'm going to go find it because I'm fucking bored with it. I mean, games like, I don't don't remember if Dragon Age did this. Games like Oblivion will point you to the next, like, you'll have your main quest and then your side quest, so. A a lot of games won't. Like, they they just, they'll tell you where you're supposed to go, but they won't tell you where it's at. They won't point you to the next direction. They'll just leave you to wonder. They won't even give you the over the river and through the woods to grandmother's house we go. Yeah, they just tell you yeah. you're going to grandmother's house. You're going to grandmother's house. Well, that's great. Have Where the fun. fuck is it? <laughs> but I kind of like going back and forth and grinding the same thing over and over again because I know just hours after, just because sometimes I just like beating something to death. I fucking played Blue Dragon like <laughs> the whole goddamn thing. I'm not quite. every cranny of that. Thing. I had I mean, to find just... the nothings. I don't. I I don't like that. I don't play RPGs to get into random fights. Well, I don't. I don't like random encounters. But I did like going because, like, when you open up in chapter eleven and you see everybody there, I was like, why couldn't I have everybody on this little earth and just look and see? See, Final Fantasy thirteen, I think, is aware that the characters, for the most part, aren't likable. And so it breaks them off into pairs, and it's like, here's one semi-likable character, like Lightning, and here's one character you're going to want to fucking die, like Hope. Yes. And uh, we're going to break them out, and you'll have to uh, learn a little bit about each of them. And then we'll switch over to, like, Saz and Vanille. And yes, uh, Saz. Saz almost kills himself because he's saddled with Vanille for the first so, um, 20 hours of the game. <laughs> okay. He literally points the gun to his head and pulls the trigger. <laughs> so I saw the trailer. Which one was the uh, little girl with the mark 
That's, I'm special. It she, makes me sad. She's gone in like the first twenty minutes. Mm-hmm. That's Lightning's sister. Oh. She is um, Snow's fiance, and she looks like she's fourteen. So I think there might be some sort of pedophilia. Probably is. That's what I got to. to where you know yeah. she comes down and she's like frozen or some shit. Yeah, they they fill they fill that in as to why that's important later, but it's much later. Well, it's and like, they leave her though. It's like, holy crap, we've got to fix this. Well, they... Okay. Wouldn't you want, they, like, hey, maybe we should take her along with her? They run, they run well, into actually, her. Yeah, they run into her later. Uh-huh. After the, after Ragnarok, like, brands them all as Lassie and throws them into, uh... Into... By the way, Lassie sounds too close. I should have, like, Googled that a little bit, because it sounds too close to Lucene. And I'm thinking, like, why well, do you all open source search engines? I actually, don't get it. I want to say there's a sounds too close to Paul scene. It sounds like they all have breast implants. <laughs> <laughs> so it's double fail. Lassie, I think, is a brand of hard drive or flash drive, actually, too. So. Anyway, yeah, the names are fucking stupid. Let's let's go ahead and mark <laughs> them off. We must say Cocoon! Uh, cocoon, Pulse, Lassie, Falsy. I'm all, okay with Pulse. All Just dumb shit. Cocoon, Cocoon. Yeah, but then they even fuck that up and they start calling it Grand Pulse. Not Grand, It's Grand, G-R-A-N, like Raisin Grand. Raisin Grand Pulse. There's a dude actually named Hope. Yeah, there's a guy there's named Hope. There's actually a character like, named fucking Hope. Ho- Hope is, is terrible because... I want um, him to die. I'm going to go ahead and spoil this. Hope's mother dies in like the first two hours of the game. And, and she, said, she volunteers to go in, into combat for this vigilante group, and she gets killed. And Hope decides to blame Snow, who's the dumbass leader of this vigilante group, even though, though he, he had nothing him, to do with it. And he saw his, he saw Snow be visibly upset that he let go. He 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 did not was not able to save this lady. Yeah. So. And so, so at this point, though, so I'm I'm gonna summarize what I'm hoping up the adolescent. I don't know. Is there ever like a hope and what's the redhead chicks? Light uh, or vanilla? Vanilla, or whatever. Like you know, all of a sudden, like after that, I mean, she's totally willing to jump him. Does he ever actually like take that up? No, it's like, he just saying, saying all that. Remember, it's robes there, pretty much. You know, and it's like, only Bioware games that are written by a 15-year-old. And I uh, think she's closer to booming Zed. Whoever wrote that Banyetta? Also, 15-year-old pervert kids. Uh, that's another podcast, probably. But um, I didn't finish that game. But yeah, that. Um, yeah, I didn't see you playing Bayonetta. I was like, "What the fuck is Mike I just, doing?" You know, I, I looked at it since we were there. I, like, you know, I looked at it. And I'm like, he's not got like Bayonetta. It's Bayonetta's a fighting like a game mechanic. Man's Ninja Gaiden. Right. Exactly. It's, it's fighting game mechanics. Um, in a in a in a bad God of War, Devil May Cry copy, you know, type thing. Neither one of these are really appealing to me, but I'm like, this, the universe, the idea of hot librarian, witch. British accent, is a witch, the Guns more naked she gets, the more powerful she becomes. You into the trap. <laughs> she sucks on lollipops to get back health. You uh, go right into the trap. Yeah, said, there's a trap. They're like they're, they're killing angels by riding them, o- riding over them in a motorcycle crotch rocket. <laughs> the angel wings are getting caught up in the wheel. Like I really just have to see how far did you go. I really want to play Bayonetta to see like how far did you actually go. Like this is like the opening. Did you have like a few good ideas and you died? Or and and no. So far every chapter that I've played, it's gotten more like. 
holy shit, you know, like, she's strapping guns onto her boots, flips around, goes spread eagle, there's a strap spell, on. there's a spell where she spins around, goes spread eagle, creates a portal in her crotch, and sucks the creatures into it. <laughs> and I'm just like, oh. I just have to see what follows that. Like, how do you top that? That move is after that. <laughs> Unfortunately, I got frustrated with the uh, mechanics, and you know I'm not a good at, I'm not good at fighting games. Um, so this whole fighting game, the ninja guy Dan of like we're gonna take the fighting game mechanic but make it like fight through a level, um, or really it's like from set piece battle set piece battle type moving on there. I'm getting frustrated with it because I, cause I just suck at it. You know, like I'm not pulling off these combos, or I'm like I'm doing the fucking combos and it's not pulling it off. And then, of course, the Xbox controller is notorious for not being as responsive, you know, as you want it to be. No. So, like, the combo move is doing nothing more than mashing X three times in a row, and it's not registering. I'm like, there's no way I hit the wrong move, because it's XXX, you know? Which is yeah. what this game should be rated. Exactly. Um, they never actually show you anything. No, but she I'm gets just full on naked, just like... but then her hair grows long enough while she's naked, so you don't actually see anything. So it's strategically placed. Mm-hmm. All right, let's let's back this up a little bit. Um, with Hope, the one thing that they actually do, Snow and Hope, probably the two most annoying characters early on, and and that's saying something with Vanille in the party. <laughs> but but Lightning, this is why I love Lightning. She's one of my favorite Final Fantasy characters ever. Period. Um, because she punches Snow in the face repeatedly throughout the first few hours of the game, and basically just tells Hope, you know what, you're you're a useless little fuck. You you need to just you know let it go because Snow didn't have anything to do with it, and just grow the fuck up. Yeah, so upset your parents died, but you know what, you know kiss my ass, my parents died too. So, to to, to recap, this is a game about a bunch of people you don't like. In places with stupid names, doing absolutely ludicrous stuff. I didn't say anything about the stuff being ludicrous. Oh. And I and I do like Zez. He's, and I love he's lightning. Not, he's not he's not as useful as he could be, but I like Zez. No, I'm saying that there are people in the game I hate, and Hope is one of them. Hope is Here, here's the my thing. number one. Hate. I uh, I've finished the game, and as a whole, as a game, just taking out the story element of it, I like it better than Dragon Age. Because it's it's that. got much better graphics, and once once you get into it, you know, yay, twenty Which hours. Version? He's PS3. 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 Yeah, apparently there's a massive downgrade on the graphics yeah. on Xbox. And your Xbox version looks like the highest you could have ever gotten out of your PS2. Well, that's why uh, on Twitter, Cicely, I sent you that uh, YouTube yeah, video. Yeah, I saw of, that. Uh, I watched it. I loved it. Of of Otacon, uh kind of digging the. Uh, the Xbox was saying, "Oh yeah, we don't have to switch this. We're on, we're on Blu-ray now." It's the greatest technology. Why are you calling me? <laughs> and on the Xbox, we can fucking install the hard drive now, so we can copy the whole damn disc to the hard drive. You still have to switch discs. Yep. Yeah, there's three damn discs. Mm-hmm. Wow. One. And, and one then PlayStation disc. I switched discs. I only played three hours into the game, and I had to switch discs. I was like, "Are you fucking kidding me?" Really? That was it. No, no, that was no. Mass Effect. That was Mass Effect, but I hit a disc switch way fucking earlier in that game. Because the character creator was that large. Wow. <laughs> yeah. I'm sorry, yeah, it wasn't that. No, it, wasn't, it, was, it was Mass Effect 2. That, so, like, uh, you have the game switch. disc and the character creator disc. Mm-hmm. I guess, or I mean, maybe because there's so many options on the import, or 
um, you basically play the bulk of Mass Effect 2 on disc 2, and then go back to disc 1 at the end. It's like the linear stuff is on 1, like the starting, get you going, and, and then the, the free-floating stuff is on 2. So, so hey. wait, you, you start on disc 1, and you switch way early. Then you play all the way through disc two, and then you switch back to disc one. Correct. Yes. That's fucked. Actually, uh, I can see why they would do that because if no, got, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. I think no. they ran into a situation where they had a lot of content, and so if they if they stacked it where all the small quests and the starter quests that you might yeah. branch out to, and all that, and the advanced starter quests didn't fit on that disc. Because Mass Effect is so much bouncing around all these planets, you yeah. could actually get into a situation where you were constantly swapping. Yeah, that's exactly what I was quest. thinking. So you want all your loose in. So uh, by putting quests. the linear on disc one and the open on two, um, kind of cut down the number of times. But you just like, you're really gonna gonna like put this one in. What the fuck are you talking about? I've been playing this game for thirty hours. You know, we don't go back in discs. Yeah. You're ensuring that you only have to switch discs twice. Now, Bioware did go on record and say it's Microsoft that prevents them from just doing a disc check and say, oh, yeah, you got disc one in, you can play the game. Like, put in disc one, you've installed disc two, and we won't ask you to swap. Microsoft won't let them with the DRM do that. Microsoft insists that they swap to the disc that's been installed. Because God forbid somebody just gets their hands on a disc yeah. one. Microsoft also is the reason um, Awakenings only has 240 achievement points for like a 40-hour, 30-hour expansion pack. Because they limit achievement points. They limit the achievement points a title can get per year or something. Yep. And because yep. of the DLC and such that come out, like they, they hit their limit. Um, so they can't offer any more achievement points, even though the length of the game... And, you know, it's kind of ghetto, because you can actually get Awakenings and not play Dragon Age. So to say it's an expansion pack is bullshit. All you did was take your character and quarter from uh, Mass Effect 2 and repurpose that to work off of loading up a save um, in Awakenings. And that's why the DLC doesn't work. Because you're not actually opening up your character. You're looking for a save point and going, ah, here's the save data. Um... We'll, we'll grab off these key points from your save file. So I'm in the end of the Final Fantasy. No, that's yeah, okay. Sorry. Um, no, I I really enjoyed the combat aspect of it a lot. Now, that's not to say I would want to spend, you know, 60 hours just dicking around and uh, doing the hunts, because that's, that's not the type of RPG player I am. If they had given me how, how the fight system earlier so that I could get better used to it before I have to actually use it, it would have been better. And, uh... <clears throat> I, I like the fact that once you get control over who you have in there, you can come up with some pretty devious shit to fight people, because um, I pretty much had a lockdown situation where once I figured out the best time to, to switch around, I'd start out with, like, the commander, who's your basic melee fighter type, and your Ravager, who's the Spellcaster, and a Synergist, who gives you buffs. And basically, I'd have the buff guy, who was Zaz, actually, um, do, like, haste and bravery and just get all my, you know, give me tons of actions and uh, crazy power, then switch to, like, um, one melee and two casters, because there's a there's a mechanic in the game where if you do enough damage to an enemy over a short enough period of time, they go into what's called a stagger mode. And when you have a character that's a commando like Lightning, they have an ability called Launch, 
where they just knock him into the air and they start beating them in the middle of the air, Devil oh, May Cry style. I love the. And first if you t- time. if you time it correctly, uh, your characters will keep rotating attacks in such a way that they do not hit the ground. Just it's game over. So once you crack that initial, um, you know, two character limit, everybody's branching off. Once everybody gets back together and you get control over who's in the party. You can pretty much just fucking destroy the rest of the game if if you're smart about it. I love the first time I juggled a behemoth to death in the air. It was wonderful. Also, um, I'm gonna go ahead go ahead and spoil the ending. Um, okay. So, Cicely, you may want to plug your ears or. I don't care. I'm eventually if I actually get back to it because I'm stuck on a battle right now that is irking me that I want to beat better than. One star, right? But it, yeah, I didn't care about the stars either. Um, if Nathan isn't already rage threading right now, he will be. <laughs> the The ending is actually a pretty satisfying ending uh, because you you know you're starting to get there because they all go from Pulse back into Cocoon to save it. But in order to save it, the whole military is against them anyway because there's this. Um, the false sea that's controlling all the other false sea, but it's not Eden. Um, yeah, Bartandalus. Um, he's, he's basically been the ruler of Cocoon for a number of years and has set up all this political intrigue to where um, he's basically manipulated the characters into acting to uh, try and destroy Cocoon. Because it turns out that two of the party members... Um, Fang and Vanille, who were from uh, Pulse originally, uh, were the ones who uh, became Ragnarok in like this historical battle hundreds of years ago, and they fulfilled their original focus, and all this other weird shit happened, and they joined your party. And Anyway, um, you go into uh, Cocoon again, after you dicked around on Pulse, and there's just this awesome invasion scene where they're all riding around on their... Uh, transforming uh, summons and just kicking all kinds of ass. It, it actually looks neat. Just YouTube it uh, if you're not interested in playing that far into getting to it. Anyway, you uh, you kill the last boss and uh, you pretty much fuck Cocoon because the last boss was the guy that was basically allowing it to stay suspended up in the air above uh, Pulse. So basically the moon is crashing into uh, into Earth. And, uh, sounds like a bad thing. Yeah, yeah, it's like the Death Star coming to kill the Ewoks. Um, so think of Pulse as uh, Endor, and uh, think of think of Cocoon as the Death Star. Okay, the Death Star is crashing into Endor. So one of the two characters that I hate the most, Vanille, um, decides, oh yeah, we're going to turn into Ragnarok now, even though we've been saying for 45 hours we don't want to do it. And so... Uh, they turn into Ragnarok and uh, stop the Death Star from crashing into Endor. I'm, tr- I'm, I'm using this metaphor to confuse people who, to uh, keep from confusing people who haven't played the, the game. Death Star didn't actually fall into Endor; it merely caused nuclear winter. Whatever, well, I don't give a shit. Because okay. <laughs> you know why I don't give a shit? That shit wasn't in the movie. It's like why well, I don't care about Boba Fett. He was in the movie for like one line and three minutes. Those of you who are a fan of Boba Fett, go fuck yourself. You have no life. I don't care. He was in the movie for thirty seconds. He gets killed by a sand penis. So 
I agree. Ewoks can survive nuclear winter? No. Does no. that make them cockroaches? I mean, because they, they live and party after the Death Star is blown up. Just no, no, no. Far after. After uh, the movie. And anyway, they end up keeping the Death Star from crashing into Endor. And by fulfilling their focus, they all turn into crystal. Which this is great. Yeah, again. Um, and then for some reason, although it took uh, lightning and fa- or not lightning, uh, vanilla and Fang hundreds of years to reawaken from their crystal stasis, uh, lightning and snow and hope and says all wake up like instantaneously. And because uh, they're the main character. But basically, what I'm trying to get to is uh, vanilla gets turned into crystal. And you don't have to fucking deal with her anymore. The end. I kind of, I kind of would be angry that this Fang wake back up. No, no, no. They they get to be in lesbian crystal sleep for until the next until the uh, Final Fantasy thirteen verses but comes I, out. But I like Fang. I didn't care for Fang. She reminded me of the crocodile hunter. I didn't care for her talking. She could have shut the fuck up. But I liked her as as a, as a party member. I didn't even like her as a party member. I never used her. It was like I don't need another fucking commando. And the Sentinel class is shit. Unless you're fighting like one boss that is destroying you and doesn't have a group attack. He just attacks one guy at a time. Yeah, sure, bring on Sentinel. Yeah, that that fight never happens. Because they always have, like, party attacks. They don't bother well, late in the game. Well, I don't make her commando or sabotage. Uh, Saboteur has Vanille because she was, like, Saboteur, Ravager, and Medic. And Saz was uh, Synergist, Ravager, and Commando. I never used him as a commando, so I just used him as, like, a... Uh, Synergist and a Ravager. And then I had um, Lightning as a Commando, so that was all I needed. Um, yeah, I really I really liked the game. I liked the combat system a lot. Um, as, as much griping as I do about the characters, the story itself that I just really don't feel like getting into doesn't revolve around them that much. It's, it's more of a... I won't say it's a political intrigue because there's really just the one major political figure um, who turns out to be a lessee, or a falsee, rather. Um, and, you know, that's that's it, but it's it's very more epic in scale instead of a character drama. Right. Oh, that's good. So it, it takes a step forward from, like, Final Fantasy X, but it takes a step back from Final Fantasy XII in terms of story. But... If you don't like, you know, JRPG stories or can't tolerate them, this is not the game that's going to win you over. Yeah. Um, the the combat's really good. It's very strategic, and it's it's as good or better than 12s, and it's certainly better than any of the other numbered games that came before it. I kind of like Materia. Uh, Materia got broken in a hurry. Well, it got broken, but I kind of liked it when it started. It was it's It was a Good idea, bad execution. The, the only one that I can compare 13 to is uh, 8, where you had basically the skill sets that you could transfer from one character yeah. to the other. That was pretty cool, too. Um, but I liked the world and everything around the world in 13. Didn't much like the story. Um, I'm not quite done yet, but I... So far, I'm not liking quite the story. I'm not sure if I like Final Fantasy Thirteen yet or not. I don't hate it anymore. Because <laughs> I I, I'm one of those people who likes to be able to like, ooh, a shiny flower, and go off into Never Neverland for a few hours, and then come back to the story and like, ooh, another shiny flower. 
I think as far as the story goes, I was able to really get behind the game because I liked the protagonist for the first time in maybe 15 years in a Final Fantasy game. But, uh... I like Lightning. She was cool. I like the fact that eventually she's like, okay, Snow, you're not just trying to rape my sister. <laughs> and you actually did believe in her when I did not, which is a good thing for my sister's mate. Have you found out what Lightning's real name is? No, she said to ask your sister. Um, you find out because... Um... Dysley Bartandless, he appears to the party uh, as Sarah for a moment to talk to Snow and Lightning and to try and manipulate them a little bit further and to, and to keep pressing on towards uh, destroying Cocoon. And uh, you find out then what her real name is. And it's, it's as disappointing as uh, finding out that MacGyver's first name is Angus. Angus can, MacGyver. Can we reveal it at this yeah, point? it's Claire. Claire's just a boring-ass name. Claire? Yeah, Claire. Claire? Yeah, I'm just going to keep calling her Lightning. Claire? It seems like if you're going to go to the effort of disguising the name, you got to put more effort into actually what the name is. Well, they didn't really want to disguise the name. That wasn't really the purpose. They just named her Lightning so that they can go on with the... But tits and, Tetsuya Nomura loves to do, you know, you have Cloud and Squall and, uh, you know, all these other storms. But I mean, if there's going to be some reference at some point in the game of, like, oh, she has a name that's not Lightning, or there's a real name, you know, like, oh, I want to find out what that is. Even if it's completely off the path and just in a codex or something, like, you should put more effort than so, Claire into, you know, it's like when you actually find out, you know, it's like... They named a boy Hope. I wasn't expecting much. <laughs> Why did she keep her name secret? The um, the she one changed that ironically her name, has no hope. She uh, changed her name because despair. Uh, their parents were, were killed. Oh. I, I don't remember what happened exactly. But basically, in order to not deal with her parents being dead, she just changed her name and became a different person. She's like, because lightning only destroys, it never builds or protects. And she's all angsty teen. And so she never changed it from that. It's it's weird because she doesn't act angsty teen. But well, she, you know, made the, she, talk... she made the she made the name when she was angsty teen. Even though she's not angsty teen now, she's just somewhat angsty. It was like it was forced angst on on that character because she's just badass from the get go. She's like, no, I'm not taking any shit. If you don't want to follow me, fuck it. You can stay here and get killed. I don't give a shit. I'm lightning. I'm badass. Fuck y'all. I'm out. Snow's all like. I'm the hero. I'm trying to save everyone. Lightning's no, you're not. like, Lightning's like, what the fuck ever. <laughs> no, you're not the hero. This is my game, bitch. You, d are you on the cover? Fuck no. I'm on the cover. <laughs> there, there's one thing I have a problem with, and that's that you can unlock um, on the PlayStation version. You can unlock themes for your PlayStation uh, desktop, mm -hmm. but you have to do them by getting certain achievements and. Um, the ones you get normally from just playing the game straight through are like Saz and Hope and Vanille. I'm like, you know what? I I wanted the Lightning one when I first started playing this game. I don't want to fucking go through the achievement that I have to get, which is like beat the last boss with five star rating, which means you have to go through and just max out your characters. I'm like, no, I'm not doing that. Should just give me the fucking thing on my on my first playthrough. I don't I don't want to do that now. Yeah. Yeah, a game like that that takes so long to get into it, right? Mm -hmm. Their trophies and achievements, they really need to think about 
not requiring a second playthrough or something, you know what I mean, to get those? Like, they all should have been single playthroughs. Because now that you've played it, it would be hell, probably, to go back and play those first 20 hours again. Well, you don't have no, to play through the first 20 hours. It's not hours New Game again. Plus. It's just continue on from point B. Yeah, you, it, it basically starts you out from the last save point once you beat the game and lets you go back into um, Pulse to go back and fight some of the giant wandering monsters that are out there. Pulse is really interesting because there are fights and you, you can't win until after you beat the game. But I'm just not the kind of guy that's going to go out and look for these. I want to go... I, I, if only... If I ever go back, I want to be able to eventually beat an Adamantois. And I was about to say, when you first step step out there and you're, you know, halfway through the game, you see characters that are literally towering over the mountains, over the landscape, and it's like, it's like Titan fuck. comes and eats an Adamantois. So, somebody released the Kraken in, in, <laughs> uh, in Pulse. Oh, I think we got to stop there. That's yeah. a that's a perfect ending. Yeah. All right. Well, am I ending this? Am I? I don't know if you want. I guess I, I am. Want to plug so, any upcoming? Um. Well, it is April, so that means MTAC, which is kind of our Super Bowl. Um. And also, when we're recording this uh, tonight's the night of the Final Four, and um, it's being played in Indiana, and uh, I think Butler won earlier tonight. And there's been a lot of Hoosier comments made. If uh, if this were Hoosiers, and we were Hickory High School, we would we would basically, uh, after the events of this week, have just won the right to play in the state championship. And this is where Gene Hackman would be telling us, um, "Yeah, I'm really proud of what you guys have done so far, but uh, the hardest thing is is ahead of us." And that's that's what I'm saying. For MTAC, we've got some incredible stuff that's in the works, but I'm not gonna say what it is because. Shit could happen between now and then. It could all fall through the cracks. But if we manage to pull this off, we're going to have some amazing, amazing things coming uh, out of the podcast here in the next few weeks. Yes. So I'm looking forward to it. And Dylan's Final Four is the best. Dylan's Final Four... Dylan almost had the the only one of us with with the team in the Final Four. Instead, Duke won and Tennessee lost, so... Duke sucks. <laughs> Go Duke. I don't know. I have Duke winning. If if uh, Duke, I think if Duke wins tonight, then I I think I can claim victory over Jeffrey. Because we both had Duke in the final four, but he had Duke losing to Kentucky, which already lost. Um, but Duke went, uh, going on to the finals and eventually winning. But if they make it to the finals, I think I can call it a victory. 